Hello, Vitamizers. Welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. My name is Allison here in Austin, Texas with MSW Nutrition, the sponsors for this podcast. As always, your hosts are John Mendoza, otherwise known as Nurse Doza, and Baldo Garza, otherwise known as Tex-Mex Yogi on Instagram. Um, We're very excited about this episode. I actually got to sit in and have a conversation with this guest as well. He's super insightful and maybe the youngest person we've ever ever had on the show. (laughs) Very intelligent, but before I introduce him. This podcast is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. MSW Nutrition is a supplement line designed to help support your body in as many ways as possible, starting with the liver. By helping to repair liver health, you're supporting your body's biggest detox organ so that it can do its job taking care of the rest of you. We carry supplements to help with mood, stress, energy, weight loss, gut health, immunity, and much more. Any product carrying the MSW Nutrition label will be produced in an FDA-certified lab and contain the most bioavailable version of those nutrients possible. Make sure to check out our website at www.mswnutrition.com to see all the latest stacks to help you reach your health goals. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre- and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date with their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. We also have a brand new online workout community called Online Workout Badasses, where we have three donation-based Zoom workout classes a week and an amazing community of people who are all working to be healthier together. Please join below in the show notes. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more about Flabs to Fitness at www.flabstofitness.com. Today's guest is Logan Sneed, and Logan had to deal with brain cancer at the age of 21. Um, It was very severe, stage four, and he has since fully had it removed and mitigated its uh, effects and basically helped bring himself back to full incredible health via the keto diet and several other mindfulness techniques. Lots of meditation talk on here. And he has just a really interesting story and outlook on life. Um, He's crushing it in his entrepreneurship journey now, but it definitely was a huge health scare. And we loved talking science with him and diet and all of these things. And if nothing else, his story is just super inspiring and lets us know that anything is possible. So without any further ado, here is Logan Sneed on the How Do You Health podcast. Hi guys, welcome to the Hottie Health Podcast. It's uh, it's an exciting day. We're going to be chatting with Logan Sneed. He's a brain cancer survivor. He wrote a book called uh, Fuck You or Thank You Cancer, right? <laughs> uh, and so I met uh, Logan this past Friday and we had a nice little conversation at the vitamin bar uh, that we were doing a pop-up over at, uh, at the, the Ocean Lab. And I was like, man, we need to chat because there's a lot of a lot of great information that we can share with listeners and uh, uh, and share some knowledge. And of course, we got Nurse Doza here. Allison is 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 in the house as well too. And I'm Tex Mex Yogi. So let's go ahead and uh, get the party started. So this part here in the book that says doesn't geoblastoma doesn't migrate out into other parts of the body the same way other stage four cancers do. And you said that earlier. It doesn't metastasize. Like mine. The- well, mine mine didn't. And mine was fully removed. Uh huh. So. Hopefully and most likely, I don't believe it will. It's just right there. It was just all localized. It was just there. And yeah. it, and I, there's a picture of it in here, and it looks like an egg. Perfect egg. It's perfect. Did, <laughs> did you get to hold it? No. <laughs> did you want to? Like I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. I think that like it, like I'll just I don't know. Like I do meditate, and I will say this: like I do meditate on like having a shield of me, and I visualize seeing the tumor. Yeah. So that I visualize it seeing it there, not in here. Yep. So maybe, I, yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe holding it would not be that bad. 
Yeah, because then incredible. you can visualize like how it feels out here. And yeah, to, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know it's sitting in their lab right now. You know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's interesting though to think about. Yeah, right? it is. So you, not to belittle the fact that you are a cancer survivor, but a brain cancer survivor on top of that is even more impressive because it's it was stage four. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Yeah, it's like you like say your wishes, put your will in order. Like that's it. Yeah. Right. And so you got it removed. And mm-hmm. you just told me before we were actually start recording that you found a different surgeon beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then you said, well, I don't like this situation. I'm going to find a different surgeon. You found the number one brain surgeon in the world mm-hmm. to do your surgery. Mm-hmm. And right now speaking, there's no issues when it comes to the part of the brain that was moved. You seem, I mean, honestly, fine. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to say that and this has happened a couple of years ago that yeah. you were on the brink of death. Yeah. yeah. And so at this point right now, you said you've changed like your lifestyle mm-hmm. and, and you've learned keto and you, I'm sure you've explored health and wellness to extreme. I'm sure that's why we're all yeah. kind of connected yeah. here and all that. So, so the, the part that you figured out on your own, okay, that's something that you started afterwards or were you started like during like this whole, like, you mean like pre-op? Yeah. Like pre-op. Yeah. Uh, well, so kind of going back towards, you know, what that feels like, you know, of stage four cancer, you're right. Like first off, the first surgeon said like, probably won't be able to remove the whole thing. Yeah. So this will remain there, probably come back. And that's really all we can do. I'll do, he basically said, I'll do the best I can. The other guy said, no, 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 no. Like, don't worry. I got your back. We'll get this whole thing done. Just follow my lead. And of yeah. course I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I'll do that. Um, and then he removed the whole thing. And then we go back into this. And then two weeks later it comes back and she diagnoses me and says like, hey, you know, this is stage four glioblastoma tumor. Can't do anything about it. We'll do chemo, radiation. That's about it. Um, and you have about one to 10 years left to live. Yeah. And so that left me very like, well, geez, like, what do I even do? Like, do I just do nothing? Do I just kind of sit and wait? Or like, what, what do I do? Because I'm, I'm that type of person always like, you know, I always want to pursue something. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to go through the process of achieving a goal. And so I didn't have that. I had no idea. So suddenly I was introduced to the ketogenic diet actually over there on the, uh, Ladybird Lake with a friend. And this was like years ago on keto. Like no one knew what the heck it was or anything. And I was like, keto thing. I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> he's like, he's like, look into it. He's like, it's, it's pretty interesting for specific GBM tumors, uh, to potentially shrink or even prevent tumor regrowth. So I was like, okay. So I went straight into that and I just literally cut straight to it and I didn't even second guess it, overthink it. I just kind of told myself, I said, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I have nothing to lose and everything to gain, honestly. So yep. I just went full throttle with it. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you how did you measure your improvement or like – because I'm, I'm guessing at one point they said, okay, the surgery's done. All right. Now good luck. Right, yeah. like good luck with everything. Like we got it out of there. Now it's on you yeah. to maintain. Right. So at one I point, mean, did, you did. Did they give you any nutritional advice from there? They, no, dude. That's, so that's so interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, in the book, they she actually told like my dad because my parents are very like entrepreneurial. Like, let's go get an answer. Yep. And uh, my dad was like, okay, so hold on, so you're telling my son like he can go have a beer and a burger and that's not going to do anything or help anything and you can't do anything. And she was like, yes, sir, that's that's what I'm telling your son. And that was it. And that was there was no nutritional advice. Like we even asked, like, should we stop cut sugar or not? Or said, uh, you know, we're just going to do the best we can. And that was literally it. So like I so I'll go back to your other question. I found the keto diet probably about like 10 weeks into chemo and radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I started doing little things. I was like, OK, maybe I should use plant based shampoo, not just trash or like, you know, um, maybe we should stop using a microwave. Sure. You know, little stuff like that, yeah. which led to the bigger, you know, solutions down the road. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was about like 10 weeks through chemo and radiation when I found, you know, some answers. So you started doing keto. Did you feel a difference like when you start? Because obviously you probably didn't really care much about your diet or you just said, oh, well, I'm going to eat kind of healthy. I know what that looks like. Yeah. You didn't do like a keto diet. Like that changed your approach to nutrition probably, right? Yeah, I, I, I did a complete 180 in my life. I mean, if, if in the book there's a picture of what I looked like before. I was I was a muscular guy, Yep. but I was very uh, bulky, if you will. So I cared more about my size than I did my health. 
Um, so I was about like 180 pounds of like muscle and, you know, and fat as well, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was doing like 3000 to 4,000 calories a day, getting in as many carbs as I possibly could. I was doing thousand calorie protein shakes, all those things. And then suddenly it was like, boom, okay, now I did a 180, now complete opposite. And then suddenly I lost about 30 to 40 pounds. And that's when people saw on social media, like, oh my gosh, like, what the heck are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, especially going through chemo and radiation, everyone saw that. And this is when, again, keto, no one knew what it was. And I was like, well, it's just like keto diet thing. And people couldn't really believe it. And then that's when people were like shocked at my physical results from that. So I didn't like, there were no like difficult, I think I was so drilled into making this thing work that any little problems or like keto flu, like none of that, like I didn't even think about any of that stuff because I didn't even know what it was. No one, I don't think really did at the time. Sure. It's like, and it can't be worse than this. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to make it work. So yeah, I just went full throttle with it. Wow. Let's be clear too. Like I don't ever like to like hit anyone for their age because I'm also young. I'm 25. <laughs> um, but this Logan was going through this when he was like, you were almost 21. You said when you when you got this diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So like you're fresh out of high school. Like part, were you in college at the time when you? Yeah. yeah. So you're in college. You're like probably doing the the college bro thing of like, yeah, I want to bulk up. I want to do this. Yeah. Like I want to eat whatever so I can get the bigger muscles. So like it's not necessarily a thing either. Where like you were intentionally being unhealthy in any way you were just eating for different goals yeah exactly yeah yeah i thought i thought like i don't know i thought that loads of bananas loads of yogurt and then milk and then whey protein like i and then, like i mean i'm not saying chicken rice and beans are bad by any means but i was doing like chicken rice and beans like times 100 peanut butter you know uh tacos you know here in austin just to get the size classic bodybuilder yeah, yeah i thought it was healthy you mm-hmm. know so yeah how tall are you Six feet. Yeah. Okay. So when you were reading about the keto diet, what was the what was the thing in the keto diet that made you think like I have to follow this diet? Yeah. So that night when my when my good friend was telling me about the keto diet, he actually so long story short, he learned it in Hawaii. So he was in Hawaii and he was basically like living with this family who lives on like it's not a separate island of Hawaii, but it's like a very, very, very small little town there. Mm-hmm. And they all do it. They've all been doing it forever. And he was like it's like, dude, you got to check this out. It's super interesting. So that night I went home and I looked up the keto diet. I looked up what it was, how it works. I sit up to like 3 a.m. just like trying to figure this thing out. I saw like, okay, it can help you lose body fat, you know, it could prevent muscle loss, you know, it could help boost your cognitive function, prevent tumor regrowth, feel better. Uh, I mean, like improve skin. Like, I mean, every problem that I had, it had a solution for. And so I'm like, okay, if you can do all those things, then let's, let's freaking do it. Like I want to, I want to make this thing work. So, cause I've never even seen that. I always heard that like, you know, the bro diet thoughts were like, okay, low carb means muscle loss. You know, you're going to feel like crap. It's going to suck. So I thought, well, hold on, hold on. This is like low carb, but this is different. It's not just low carb. It's a little bit higher fat. So I think you should feel good. I was like, that's interesting. Let me just try it. And so, yeah, yeah. I just stayed up all night to research it that's yeah, cool. going back to like the classic bodybuilder nutrition theory too is exactly that you kind of keep your protein the same no matter what maybe increase it a little bit as needed but like the fat also pretty much stays the same and you're really just playing with the carb amounts to increase or decrease your calories so it is the thing where it's like everyone's excited for bulking season because you can eat the brownies again like yeah. you can eat all yeah. the carbs and then like summer comes around and it's like oh shit i need to cut all my carbs out so i can decrease my calories and shed that water weight and that fat so yeah it's totally a, a turnaround on how traditional like muscle building and bodybuilding growth works yeah. i've yeah. seen people prepare for the shows and they're yeah. doing that right and they like, oh, yeah. like right before they're like all right carb loading day and <laughs> not to go on a tangent but they have an entire like schedule even for dehydration for those mm. like <laughs> you literally you literally start out with two gallons of water a, d- a day like two weeks out and you decrease it each day until the day of the show you're not allowed to drink anything the day before you can have one cup of water See, what's incredible about it, like you learned all this stuff about keto. So have you ever talked to like a bodybuilder about like what they do? Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it it, a lot. It's incredible, right? Yeah. Like they're smart. Like they're very smart. It's down to a science. And so we're like, I've, you know, to play off what Allison said one time. So I asked this guy and I was like, so 
what's your what's your post op what's your workout you know post workout routine it was all man you don't want to know and i was like no i do want to know like i definitely want to know now after you said that and he's like well i inject myself with um with uh insulin afterwards oh wow and so i was like and i'm sitting there like i'm like all right insulin huh and i'm thinking already in my mind going like all right i kind of understand what you're probably getting at but tell me he goes well think about it like after you work out you release all that energy right and if you ate something before like maybe it's protein whatever you're going to help that protein convert into like maybe dna right oh yeah but if you do carbs insulin's going to help the carbs go into the muscles right mm. so if you shift it to the muscles and instead of like the liver or the fat you're bulking which was also one of the reasons why for so long, and this is still common thought, you're supposed to eat within an hour after working out because your insulin naturally spikes after a workout. And so it's like yeah. eat those carbs and protein immediately after because the carbs shuffle into the muscle and help you synthesize yeah. the protein to the muscle as well. Yeah. But lately that's been kind of getting debunked. <laughs> well, well, it yeah. doesn't necessarily, because there's also so much inflammation that it's hard to, for that to happen, right? So it's like wait about an hour. And also think yeah. about how digestion works. It's like an eight hour process. Yeah. Yes, the carbs start breaking down in the mouth but yeah. it's not that great of a theory i get that but they went so this guy went step further so i was like all right so i say all this stuff right just to kind of like what was like very quickly and how they replied and so then i was like well he's like it's not just that and i was like well what else do you take because well, i have a concoction of like steroid mixes but he goes what i also do sometimes is do like a thyroid hormone Jeez. <laughs> so i was like a thyroid hormone huh he goes well yeah and he kind of looked at me like why wouldn't you and so I thought about it and I was like, okay, so if you're increasing metabolism by giving yourself insulin and thyroid, then essentially now you're talking about increasing fat burning mode, like, you know, to while you're not even working out. So like your calorie intake would mm. stay like higher, like your yeah. calorie burn off would be like higher for a prolonged time. And that's when he kind of trailed. I was like, yeah, that's one part of it. That's when it kind of stopped. It was like, well, I don't know how it's going to affect the other hormones just yet because mm -hmm. the wild card is the steroids. I mean, it's synthetic hormones, right? So when you throw things off, your body will go haywire sometimes, yeah. right? Like if you – like what's incredible about your story is like do you have cancer risk in your family? Uh, no. So it started with you? Yeah. Okay. So genetically speaking, you have the risk for cancer like going forward. I, I would say so. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So you you basically live a lifestyle that's going to prevent that from happening again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I imagine not only is your diet on point, but then your supplements are on point. Right. Yeah. Your sleep's probably on point. Yeah. You, you keep talking about meditation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you're addressing that, you're essentially addressing inflammation with meditation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so it's incredible. So the bodybuilders, kind of going back to that, they'll they'll look at two parts of the puzzle sometimes like muscles mm. and then they'll look at diet and nutrition as the same thing right like i'll eat 20 eggs a day to get the protein and get bulk up and they'll still do that like some guys like one guy came here not too long ago he's like i eat two dozen eggs a day most of them wow. still do that that is the very mainstream yeah right yeah so you imagine now like if you basically convert it to a keto diet would you eat 20 eggs a day i mean probably not i mean I love eggs. I actually did a 12 eggs a day challenge. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. that's a challenge. 12. <laughs> I did. I did. I did it for 30 days. And I got to say this, my testosterone, I think was like sky high. My workouts were like a lot better. See? Yeah. So I, I ate 12 eggs a day. 20, 20 is a lot, but I did 12. Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's kind of incredible because you're only eating that way to manipulate the chemistry in your body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's incredible. Like if you think about how you have to basically be disciplined to live your lifestyle mm -hmm. at such a young age. Imagine where you'll be at in 10 years now, which yeah. you're going to learn at 15 years, right? Yeah. And it's incredible because like just sitting in this room collectively, like we all have a nutritional aspect of how we're trying to approach things. And like he's trying to promote longevity. Mm. Allison, at this point right now, I'm sure it's changed even the past four years since we've known you, right? Yeah, I used to be in the bodybuilding stuff a little bit. That's why I know some shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but, but, but she's still, you know, nutritionist. So she converts that into what she does now, which, you know, is, is very different. Mine is before. a lot longer. Yeah, it's more like longevity, hormone, like female hormone, because nice. I had a lot of fucked up hormones too. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and keto female hormones are always a thing. Female hormones are so <laughs> difficult, especially on keto. So like yeah. I actually get a lot of nutrition clients that are doing keto wrong or they're just like doing keto and it's not working for them, like especially women. Yeah. And so like having to manage like, okay, when do you need to include some starch as a female for your hormones? Yeah. Because that's different than brain health. Um, for sure. 
but yeah, that's, that's a whole tangent too. Well, when you did the keto, let me ask you this. Were you like one of those guys like now I can just do like bacon and burgers and like cheese all the time? Um, so partial yes and partial no. Um, I, I actually, so long story short, there's a guy who he's, he lives over in like Kyle, Texas. Uh, his name is, uh, Greg Cantwell and he is a 15 year GBM survivor and he, um, his diagnosis, his tumor was, was actually like, I guess, worse than mine. Um, and he's been totally fine for 15 years. He did the full threat, like full throttle therapeutical keto for two years straight at Duke university. Um, then he doesn't do it anymore. And it's not that he like hates it by any means. It's just that he is going to, he goes back to regular, like not, not, not American diet, but just regular macro ratios, eat whatever you just, yeah, eat whatever. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, okay, today's steak, asparagus, potatoes, and then, Oh, okay. Tomorrow's a football game. All right. I'll have a pizza here, you know, and then t- tonight I'll have, you know, again, fish and this, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's just an average diet and he's, he's totally fine. So, um, yeah. Anyways, where I was going with, what was the question again? It was the, the, the bacon and the burger and the cheese. Yeah, and all yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he told me, he told me when we, when we were meeting up, he was like, you know, one of the biggest things that I, that I would recommend for you, he's like, again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nutritionist, but I would not eat dairy. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, I don't know why I was just told to never touch dairy for me personally. And I was like, hmm, okay, maybe I won't do that either. So well, because it's the growth hormones, right? Like that's the yeah. big knock with, with dairy. Yeah. I think it was, I, I think it was, you know, inflammation sort of thing. And, yeah. um, so I was like, yeah, I'll never touch dairy. So I didn't do that. And you know, I have been dairy free for ever since this entire process. But as far as like bacon and that stuff, like I didn't understand what grass fed really was. I didn't understand what organic really meant. Um, I didn't do fast food. I didn't do fast food keto. I just did like, Oh, okay. Natural bacon. Okay. I'll get that, you know, natural meat. I'll do that. But then, um, I, I don't know if you guys know who Dr. Berg is. I know the name. Yeah. Yeah. But if you look him up, he's got over 4 million subscribers. Um, and he's like the keto guru. And so he did a live stream one time or a live like call thing on his YouTube. And so I called in, I was like, ah, whatever, let's see what happens. So I called in and I told him about my whole story. And I was like, basically I said, all right, Dr. Berg, what would you do if you were in my shoes? Just give me an answer. He's like, well, you're doing everything very well. I would just consider only eating organic quality food the best quality food that you can possibly get. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, that could have a huge, huge, you know, uh, piece of the puzzle in your journey. And I was like, wow. Okay. So literally that day I just cut straight to it. I said, okay, it's gotta be hundred percent grass fed and finished, you know, wild caught salmon. It's gotta be organic vegetables, all those sort of things. So that was basically taking it to another level, yep. you know, and doing that. So yeah, I was like, what's the next step? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you, you mentioned something too, that I think a lot of people get confused on and I, I get on a pedestal about it. I'd love for you to explain it a little bit. Um, you said the, the clinical keto versus like some of the other ones. So mm-hmm. like there is a very specific like macronutrient ratio that is clinical therapeutic keto. Can you explain that a little bit versus how some people do keto? Yeah. So I, I'm not, I'm not fully, you know, uh, knowledgeable on that realm but i will say that i've i've heard that a therapeutical keto is more like like lots of fat mm-hmm. very low protein obviously like no carbs at all mm-hmm. um you know usually like a lot of mct oil mm-hmm. um to trigger you know ketone production those sort of things um and 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 i have like i'm not saying i've tried it but i have done like i for a long time i did two meals a day 16 hour fasting then i brought it up a notch 18 hour fasting, two meals a day. Then I took it for probably about a year of doing like literally one meal a day. So like literally 20 to 24 hour fasting every single day. And that was a very like caloric deficit sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, now again, I don't recommend everyone doing a caloric deficit, you know, like it, it is what it is. I did it because I've heard that caloric deficit for cancer patients can be beneficial when done properly. So that was kind of like my therapeutical version. Um, and so now what I do is I do about, I know it sounds weird, one and a half meals a day. Um, so about 20 to 20, about 18 to 20 hour fasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, which, which, uh, is something that I was about to ask you. Cause I, yeah. I talk about fasting all day long and yeah. I even brought the, um, have you read this before? Um, this book. The metabolic no, autophagy. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, I really oh, recommend I know the guy. This. Yeah. He's good dude. 
good yeah, dude. Right? I met him. Yeah. But th- that's that's what I was going to ask you. In your whole keto journey, and in this, how is fasting played a part? Where when did you first find out about fasting? Yeah. Is is uh, oh, let's start there. Where did yeah. you, when did you first start about? Well, I first so whenever I was not on keto, I thought fasting was like a sin. Like yeah. I thought it was horrible. You're going to lose muscle when you wake up if you don't eat right away. Correct. <laughs> um, so I was on keto, and then I, I started waking up, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not actually like that hungry. Yeah. And I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll make a keto fat coffee in like an hour or two. So I kind of, you know, held it off for about an hour or two. Then it kept coming where I'm like, you know, I don't even know if I want this keto coffee. Like I'm not even hungry. Yeah. So then I let it go for another hour. And then I heard for, I watched was, I was watching Dr. Berg and I heard about intermittent fasting. I mean, I, I knew what it was. I just didn't know how really it was applicable. So I did it of 16 hour fasting. And then I used to think that like, okay, no longer than 16 hours, like can't go longer than that. Then I started learning about autophagy and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, you can go longer. So I was like, all right, 18. So then I did that and I was like, can't go any longer than that. And then I don't know if you guys know who uh, Dr. Anthony Gustin is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking with him and I was like, well, I was like, why, why do you fast 20 hours a day? He was like, well, you know, I want to stimulate autophagy. You know, there's tumors that do run in my family and I want to not let that happen. I was like, really? I was like, okay, well I'll try that too. So that's when now I do 20 hour fasting yeah. in this stuff. So that's where yeah. I, that's where I'm at too. Do you ever do like three or four or five day fasts? So the longest I've done is a two day fast. Nice, okay. Now I'll say this. So I've done two day fast twice. Now the reason I haven't done like a full fledged, like three to five day fast, cause I've lost a lot of weight in that whole year of doing like one meal a day in a pretty good caloric deficit while working out. And that definitely lost a lot of weight. So try not to lose any more weight at the time. Sure. You know, so, you know, 20 hours every single day is basically what I'm doing. But I'm working my way up there. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> have, you, yeah. have you done that? Like, Yeah, so I do three days every um, every month. And mm. then I'll do a six day every quarter just to reset the gut for the new seasonal wow. seasonal food foods. And, you know, so that yeah. way. I mean, I haven't been sick in again four years, so. That's awesome. Yeah, Baldo's great at it. Yeah. I've only ever made it two days. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's it's a lot of the same concepts, and it's crazy because like you can read about fasting and and uh, and how you can still increase muscle by doing like by then timing it properly when you're yeah. eating, feeding the right thing. So there's a lot of myths to debunk and like yeah. with keto and with fasting, where it's just like no, it's it doesn't mean that you're gonna lose weight, or it doesn't mean that you're gonna be unhealthy. It's just like there's proper ways to do anything, yeah. I guess. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. Well, you have a you have a unique take on it because you just said, I'll lose too much weight if I do that prolonged fasting. And the truth is most people probably won't. You just your metabolism's different. Well, yeah, also right? I was gonna make the point that like most people go into fasting thinking like I wanna do this to lose weight and yeah. it's almost like they shoot themselves in the foot because yeah. they're so stressed about like I gotta lose yeah. this weight from this fast and then yeah. they don't and they're pissed or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You also have to modify whenever you are doing three or five days or or longer than that, you have to modify your workouts. You have to like preload yeah. you know like i have a whole fast like pre-fasting regimen about mm. like if you're gonna do this three to five days you got to be doing these things for the three days prior eat yeah. this much more you know really yeah. pace yourself with he like, eats a doing, lot of fat and because yeah. he did it with me one time um and he was the calmest you've ever you've ever seen him <laughs> and like my i know because we do all sorts of results and my testosterone shot up really um his kind of didn't but he we never checked the rebound effect with him, but yeah. it's really interesting how you can manip- manipulate yeah. your bodily functions, right? So, and the thing with the testosterone too is, like you said, you tested yours like a week after the fast, like two weeks, yeah, and two then weeks. you tested his immediately like after the days. fast. So, like, it makes sense that like the testosterone is low immediately after a fast because the body's like, I don't want to reproduce right now. You are not eating, <laughs> like, well, and yeah. then you know it shoots up once you give it food again. So we did. I did labs right before. <clears throat> the six day fast and then right afterwards and my cholesterol is through the roof mm. obviously right because i pulled reserves so all the fat that i had before was broken oh, down yeah. and it went in the bloodstream because i was utilizing that for energy because like your sugar and your fat are mainly what your body runs off for energy right mm-hmm. like it's kind of like the main gasolines and so your brain will do the same thing right it'll run off of sugar or fat <clears throat> so if you feed it just sugar it's kind of like like regular unleaded gas. Mm-hmm. Like it's an inferior type of gasoline. But if you feed your body fat, your body's like, this is like premium. This is like liquid gold. 
right? So this is what we crave. This is super premium. <laughs> and if that's the case, you will have people who even look at carbs as saying, well, this is a healthier option because it's sweet potato. It was like, that's true, but you're still going to cause an insulin spike. Mm -hmm. With the keto diet, you don't cause the insulin spike because if you're truly eating just high fat, fat doesn't cause an insulin spike. Yeah. And the point with that too, when I was talking about therapeutic keto earlier, it's typically 80% fat, 15% protein, 5% carbs. And those are literally from like leafy greens and stuff. And that was actually a point that is a good one to make with keto is like protein can convert to carbs. So a lot of people will eat too much protein for it to be an actual keto diet. And so you're not actually retraining the body to go to fat burning. You're just training the body to take the protein you eat and turn it into carbs. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's so like a carb a pack, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, it's, it's one way to actually, it's one way to get your macros. But the thing is the problem, the problem is that people do overboard on the protein. Because yeah. people will do like 200 grams a day. And yeah. I'm like, that's that's way too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean. But speak and, and see if you have an opinion on this too. But speak about like the idea how it affects the brain whenever you're spiking and lowering like insulin. And because like we're talking about Alzheimer's now, right? Mm. So, so if you look at inflammation in the brain, imagine that you have these pathways that are going on in your brain. And genetically speaking, the genes that you have will cause the pathways to fire a certain way instead of going this way. So it will make this pathway go left when it's supposed to. Inflammation makes it go right. Mm. Okay. The genes say go left. Inflammation says go right. Nutritional deficiencies cause it to go right. Mm. Right. And like sugar goes right. You know, blue light goes right. Mm -hmm. Toxins go right. Pesticides go right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. like, uh, if those happen, your genes are set to where you're like, okay, well, we're supposed to go left. How do we make you go left? Because you keep going right. Yeah. Okay. But imagine that it doesn't happen when you go left. You just keep going right. 20 years go by. And let's call this the sad American diet, lackadaisical, like, approach to yeah. exercise, poor mental habits. You know, lack of meditation, mm -hmm. lack of good sleep, taking Ambien and all the other stuff to get, you know, whatever. And then you don't take care of your gut on top of it. So 30, 20 years of going the right, the wrong way on the right, you know, inflammation pathway. What you'll have is you have your body adapting to the idea that you just function this way now. Mm. Okay. So it's like this environment for you to thrive in inflammation. But if you do it in the brain, neurocognitive degeneration will occur it's the other side of it will be tumors oh, because wow. what will happen is if you cause the brain to go right in that pathway it causes dysfunction right like your brain just confused like we're supposed to go left you keep going right but you won't change your approach so we're just going to function this way now even though we know it's the wrong way yeah right it's like well we're going to do it this way it's the wrong way but we're going to do it anyway because the boss says so so when that happens essentially you have the makings and the groundwork for a disease and what will happen is the triggers that make the disease go really bad mm -hmm. are things like metabolic dysfunction hello there vitamizers thank you so much for listening to the how do you health podcast brought to you by msw nutrition just wanted to let you know that we have an awesome sale going on in the month of june if you're listening to this podcast we have our slender rita complete sale going on so Basically, our Slenderita is the original drink mocktail, if you will, our multivitamin cocktail. <laughs> it's made with our Slenderella Boost multivitamin supplement mixed with any sort of sparkling water that you'd like. We also recommend adding some lime juice. On top of that, to make it a Slenderita complete, you can add our ketones, our Neuromag, and our gut supplements to really stack all of those incredible nutrients on top of one another. Now, our sale for this month is because this is truly, in our humble opinion, the best poolside drink you can have. So you get all of these supplements. That's the Boost Gut Ketones and Neuromag for a total of $249. That is over $90 off if you were to buy them at full price, and we're very excited. So you can go ahead and find that link in the description of this podcast to shop now and say that is only in June 2020 that we're doing this. So if you're listening, please make sure to do it now. 
This is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. Back to the How Do You Health podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is why I find ketogenics just fascinating because if you regulate insulin, you promote longevity. Yeah. So going back to the inflammation with the brain, if the pathways are going to the right and it's always inflamed, the last thing I want to do is have insulin spikes throughout the brain because that will cause more confusion. It's like throwing gasoline on the fire that's already burning. Yeah. And so imagine that sugar is the biggest issue you have in this country, even this world when it comes to, to nutrition. Yeah. Sugar is the issue. Why? Because sugar will cause an insulin spike. If you cause an insulin spike in your brain repeatedly, it causes inflammation and it causes that pathway to kind of basically short circuit. And if that's the case, you will always have inflammation there because if you can't detox that inflammation, it just stays there. Mm. So what will happen is people will have memory issues and they'll have like dizziness and they'll have headaches and they can't figure out what goes on. You were fortunate enough to where like you had a direct issue that you could see on paper. It's like, this is what it is. Let's get it out. Yeah. Then you were more fortunate to where it's like it was all together in the shape of an egg. It's credible. They took out a chunk of your brain, like which is pretty fascinating. (laughs) But then you said, okay, the groundwork is that you would essentially have inflammation that could possibly be the breeding ground for it to come back again. Mm -hmm. So you said, I'm going to override the system. Yeah. I'm not going to have my pathways going right. I'm going to have it going left. Yeah. So you realize quickly this said, well, one of the things that I have to regulate to make the pathway go left is I have to regulate insulin. Mm-hmm. you're regulating it so your tumors never come back. If people who had Alzheimer's regulated their insulin, their Alzheimer's symptoms would decrease. Mm-hmm. And you could possibly start reversing the symptoms of those. Wow. Which is pretty incredible. But the problem is, is that if you eat sugar, you have the possibility of increasing tumor production. I eat sugar, I have the possibility of increasing diabetes and Alzheimer's mm. due yeah. to my genes. Yeah. Right? But yet we are on the same diet. We'll do keto. I yeah. eat fat, I, like avocados and sardines. Yeah, like, all that's day. my all day. <laughs> I got thirty of them in my pantry. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I'm not there's going. There's always over. one in my. There's always like one or the other. There's a yeah. couple right. on the counter up yeah. front. Yeah, so I'm saying like always there. It's always there because I know that I'm eating for my brain. Yeah. You basically eat for your brain. You eat brain food. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So I eat brain food too. I eat sardines. Because yeah. I know they're fueling my brain. They're the right kind of gasoline for my brain to keep the pathway going left instead of going right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, going off of what you're saying. So I asked the doctor, or obviously my, me and my parents are like, so what caused this tumor? They said, we don't know. <laughs> they, said, they said, yeah, it's like not. Like a theory? Or yeah, like- they're, like, they're like, it's not in your DNA. You know, they're like, you, don't, you guys don't have any history. We're like, no, I've never seen it before. Yeah, we're not. We're just not sure, guys. You know, it's pretty, mis, you know, mis, you know, mysterious. You know, and we're like, okay. So I went back and I was like, all right, why did this freaking happen? Like, what causes thing? Yep. So in the book, there's a pretty traumatic injury that I had in a basketball game, and it's not coincidental. But breaking it down, the tumor was six years old, so it was sitting in my brain for six years. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Um, and then I, that day, I had the seizure. Was exactly six years after the day that I had that traumatic injury. So the, the injury was in the middle of a basketball game where long story short, the guy was trying to go up and dunk and I took a charge, elbowed me in the face. And then my head was coming down to the wood and boom, right. Smacked it in the ground. My eye was swollen shut. There was stitches and blood everywhere. You had a concussion, I'm sure. No, it actually didn't. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't, but it was a very traumatic injury. So like I couldn't see out of this eye for like two weeks. And it was the same side as where the tumor was. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was six years, a six year time period. So then from that time, from that time on up, I, um, I obviously was doing obviously a lot of carbs, a lot of sugars. I was just in, I was, I mean, inflammation out the wazoo. You were throwing more inflammation. To oh the yeah. Problem. I mean, I'm talking twice, two workouts a day, if not three workouts a day. Uh, I'm talking about like, you know, thousand calorie shakes every day. So that's that. But then to go off with that, I was, you know, going to bed at 11 and I was waking up at five to go straight to the gym. So like, I'm not saying I didn't care about the sleep, but I was like, I care more about waking up to be the hardest worker than I do my sleep. And obviously that don't, that don't work, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, to go with that, I, so for like years through like middle school, I'd be, um, you know, I'd be on the phone with like, you know, girlfriend at the time or like girlfriends or whatever. And so I'd be like laying in bed like this for like four hours straight to my head with the cell phone. So EMF was like a horrible thing that I was pushing on my brain like every single day. Um, so you take, again, the factor of 
the EMF, inflammation, the horrible injury, um, you know, all those things together, even the diet. I mean, that's what I would say causes a tumor. It's pretty no duh, you know, so. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty no duh for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say for you. Yeah. Can, can, can you go back real quick? Because you mentioned it to us before we started recording, but uh, about the seizure, how did, that's when you found out. Yeah, yeah. You I was, had your tumor, yeah. It was uh, one day, so I was like, all right, I'm feeling good. I'm like 180 pounds. I feel really muscular. It's time to shred down. Let's get lean. And it was that exact day that I had that thought, that exact day. I was like, all right, let's go to the gym. Let's do it. So I was feeling good. And I was in such a good mood that day that I was like, all right, well, let me just call my girlfriend, you know, just surprise her or whatever. And by the way, I want people to understand, I've never FaceTime while driving ever in my life. But that one time I did. I, I don't know why I did. But if I didn't do that, I don't know if I'd be alive. Because when I was FaceTiming her, suddenly I started slurring my words. I could, like, I knew what I wanted to say. It was like right here on my tongue, but I just couldn't physically say it. And so she thought that I was like playing a joke. And she started like laughing, obviously. And I was like, like I was trying to spit it out. And then boom, I had a seizure. So she saw the seizure happening through the phone. God damn. And I was by myself. Yeah. And so like she was freaking out. She's actually with her sister and her mom. And I was having the seizure. And so thankfully, again, this is, you know, a blessing, but I drove half a mile uh, unconscious, just slightly off the road. And it was actually about to like, I could have, I mean, could have entered a toll road and just like, boom, plowed over by those, you know, cars coming sure. down the toll road. Um, but again, it just went into a ditch. There was actually no car damage, nothing, nothing wrong at all. Um, so she knew where I was going. So she was able to call in and tell them where I was going. They came, they had to break down the window to get in, took me to the hospital. You know, they were like, all right, they're asking my parents, like, does he do drugs? Does he do this? They're like, no, he's never done anything. We've never seen this ever before. Um, so that's what led to like, okay, we don't know what's going on, but let's just, I don't know, let's just do an MRI and see what's going on here. That led to them seeing something was there. So it's a dumb joke, but man, you're really good at manifesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Several of these stories are like, oh yeah, I want to lean down today. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Surprise, yeah, keto yeah. diet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So when you you saw the blessing and that's an interesting way of looking at it because even with all the stuff that's going on today people are trying to stay positive yeah. right like you you about as optimistic as you could possibly be being told that now we found out why you had the seizure right you're told yeah. we had you have cancer yeah and they they came in they told you you have cancer you have a tumor possibly and we got to get it out of there and then from there your whole life shifted well, they they just called it a mass. A mass. So, it, yeah, like in the book, I talk about how like I, I, I didn't I, – like I wasn't worried. I didn't think much into it. Yeah. Cancer was the last thing that I expected that I could possibly have. I don't know. I just thought that I, like my life was always great. Nothing really bad ever happened. Cancer was the last thing I was honestly worried about because um, I just didn't understand what it was. I thought, okay, it's a mass. They'll, you know, it, it is what it is. It'll probably just stay there. And then that's where they're like, okay – probably should talk to a surgeon then that's where it's like okay we probably should get this thing removed and i was like okay so surgery i yeah whatever like we'll just do it one day and then that's it so i got the thing removed and even then i was still like yeah it's not gonna be that bad i'm not too i'm not too worried about it then that's when the two weeks went by Mm -hmm. then that diagnosis like shocked me like never before so so now looking on it and writing a book and and basically practicing what you preach what do you see now as far as your your outlook on life going forward like what what do you even with all this stuff that's going on like what's your outlook on life now yeah i mean i would say that you know nothing is impossible right it's like they say that the survival rate of this stuff is like one percent if not less you know i believe okay if that's there then i can make it happen like i believe there are answers out there to almost anything you know and if a doctor says like you can't do something i'm gonna go find out what i can do because again they're they're smart people but i there's something more to it than that you know so um that's how i look at things like you know it always seems impossible until until it is done you know we can look at cancer as being the most impossible thing out there but until we actually do something that you know is out of the norm we won't actually know so that's how i see it and my goal is to create the best version of myself you know mentally emotionally and physically every single day so that's why i do meditation i mean sleep is is my other diet if you will you know um so yeah again putting all the pieces together to achieve the impossible 
It, and it's it, it's interesting, right? Because um, you're you're talking about like maybe one percent or even less can survive this, right? But that but that means that someone's doing it. Right? Exactly. Because someone did it. Someone's doing it. Yeah. Like, what can I do similar? And in the same way with all this going on right now with the pandemic and all that, it's crazy how you we keep hearing about how deadly it is or how all these bad things like, but people are surviving it, right? Why yeah. aren't we being told about what they're doing? Like the survivors, right? Like, why is it that we have to focus on the negative and yeah. not on the positive? Because if someone did it, then I can do it too. Yeah. You want to hear a crazy story? So part of this whole thing, I, um, we saw, so after the surgery, after the diagnosis, we're like, okay, now we're going to see neuro-oncologists. So obviously we saw the one who diagnosed me. <clears throat> it was a horrible diagnosis. She, she didn't improperly diagnose it. But she did it in a way that basically was a horrifically – like if it was honestly anybody else, I think the person would have committed suicide. Like it was horrible. Just the way she told you. Oh, oh like, it was ugh. horrible. So my parents actually like reported this in. They, All the people of MD Anderson actually almost like fired the lady uh, because they had to do a whole like breakdown conference report of like this whole thing. So anyways, going with that, it was like um, – uh, yeah, so the, uh, the, the, the second neuro-oncologist that we saw, he was here in Austin. And we're going into this and he was like, he was like, dude, you know, here's what we can do. We can add in turmeric. We can add in, we cut sugars. He didn't say keto because I think he wanted to protect himself, but he's like, we can cut sugars. We can bring these things in and, uh, you know, follow my lead. And I think we can do some good things about this. And I was like, okay, cool. So he really got me motivated. He got me hyped up. And again, I've never heard of turmeric. I've never heard of CBD. I've never heard of frankincense. I've never heard of these things, but I was like really motivated and coincident, I mean, coincidentally, but he died the next day. Wow. Yeah, he was on a ladder. He fell off the ladder, cracked his skull open, and died the next day. And that was the only neuro-oncologist that I literally could ever meet that was had that mindset and had that like, yeah, let's do this. Cut sugar. Let's do this. And let's, you know, beyond all that. So it was crazy. Just that's so You've nuts. had such a slew of characters throughout <laughs> yeah, this. And it's yeah. also just so cool that like you and your parents both had the mindset of like, you're kidding me, right? Like when the doctor said, no, he can have like a beer and a burger and it's fine. Like you and your parents both were like, there's no way that makes any sense. Yeah. Like your food turns into you. And that's some sort that's a foresight that a lot of people don't realize. Like my dad also had a pretty advanced stage of cancer. And like he basically the doctors told him the same thing. They're like, Oh no, you're on the chemo. Like it's fine. And yeah. it's just shocking to me that that's the norm. Um, especially since like, even if doctors aren't getting, <laughs> Baldo's going to destroy our podcast set. Um, even if doctors aren't getting, you know, nutritional, uh, like classes or anything like that, like they have to understand that what you eat is literally what turns into you, right? Yeah. Like that's what your cells are made of. Is that, is that a common knowledge? I mean, you're, you're a chiropractor. Like I know that's kind of not well, medical doctor, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I've been like, you know, I tell the, I tell the, I tell the neuro-oncologist, I say like, you know, hey, I don't know if you guys want to take any notes on this, but this is kind of what I'm doing. I'm doing like, you know, frankincense, CBD, turmeric, you know, K2D3, uh, you know, I'm doing fasting, I'm doing the keto diet, I'm doing quality food. Do you guys want to note this? Like, do you want to write this down? And like, no, 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 I think, I think, I think it's all good, you know? So they just, they, they brush it off. They don't note anything down and it's been four years and there's been no tumor regrowth whatsoever. And they still don't take a single note on what but I'm doing. But they do ask you, like, what are you doing, right? Yeah, they ask they have me. to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they don't, like, they don't note it down or, like, I just, I told them, I said, if you guys want to, like, I don't know, if you want me as a test dummy or anything, like, I'm here, that's what I do, so. they that's don't. Wild. Yeah, they just kind of, I think low-key, they're, they're talking about it, but they don't want to, like, talk about it with me because, you know, to protect themselves. Sure. So they're probably talking about it as like a group of oncologists. I don't know. I might be. Well, because, <laughs> because there is like a, I guess, medical keto diagnosis. I don't want to say diagnosis. What would you call it? A There's treatment? a therapeutic keto treatment for, um, they use it mostly for epilepsy. It's very proven like since yeah. like the early 1900s for epilepsy. But because that exists or that's a thing, then I would imagine some doctors would be like, I don't want to say anything because officially, because I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want you to think I'm telling you you have epilepsy or something. I don't but. understand why nutrition is so restricted to discuss sure. in this country because like there is a keto diet 
and it's for seizures. Mm -hmm. Just like marijuana is prescribed for seizures. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Like that's yeah. you typically could have walked around smoking joints all the time and said, well, he has every reason to because you had a seizure. Yeah. Right. Pretty incredible if you think about it because there's benefits by it. There's the benefit behind the idea that the marijuana leaf has the CBD, which you talked about, mm -hmm. right? And the cannabinoids in there that's therapeutic for brain inflammation. All right. Frankincense, same deal. It comes from earth, right? So when you have nutrition, which is essentially nutrients from the soil, that's another way to get this medicine into your body. So like the WHO, which is WHO, they say one of the essential medications that's been around for decades is vitamin C, mm. azorbic acid, right? So vitamin D is right up there as well. If you have doctors who just look at that as their only form of nutrition, that's all they've been told. Because in a booklet, it says vitamin C is your only vitamin that you really need to focus on right now and you make sure you need to get enough oranges citrus you take your vitamin c take your vitamin d right well when we first walked when you first walked in i talked about vitamin b6 yeah so i look at vitamin b6 as biochemistry mm. doctors look at it as vitamins and they look at vitamins as kind of like well it's almost accepted pseudoscience now and I'm like, I don't understand how it's pseudoscience. It's science. It's biochemistry for crying out loud. It's like someone trying to disprove quantum physics, right? And the belief that energy is all around us. Like, it's there. It's funny that you just compared it. Sorry to interrupt, but it's <laughs> to funny quantum to physics. quantum physics yeah. because quantum physicists don't understand quantum physics. So it's yeah. kind of like saying like that that is a very similar, like that's actually a good comparison because yeah. there's so much about nutrition that people are still trying to figure out. Um, but it is, it it's, is. It's fact. Yeah. Well, it's just it's because they don't, dig, they, don't, they don't dig more into it. Right. right. Like it's just like, well, we have this other medication that works sometimes. It is. Well, yeah, it's like take your take your sleep aid and then also risk death um, with this sleep aid. You know, here's here's the one thing it fixes, and then here's the laundry laundry list of side effects, and then you need to take more medications for the side effects. It's like, or you can like stand in the sun for a little bit, <laughs> meditate. Yeah. Like, well, I think your your situation is a prime example of a balance, right? Like you did chemo and you did radiation. Yeah. And then you said, well, I'm going to include nutrition. That's all from a practitioner standpoint. That's all I've ever wanted. It's perfect because I, like Western medicine does have a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. mean, you talked about turmeric and talked about frankincense yeah, and like, myrrh. I'm sure you've. Yeah. Yeah. Heard, yeah. Yeah. But if you need an antibiotic, you need an antibiotic. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if it's chemo is the option, like if I was put in this situation, I've always wondered, like, would I do chemo? Would I do radiation? I don't know because it would depend on the situation. Yeah. Right. And obviously you're fine right yeah. and you're like well i'm going to take care of myself i'm going to probably get this stuff out of my system and then i'm going to set my nutrition going forward i'm going to modify it and continue to work on it the nutritional aspect is medicine is very acute mm -hmm. so they look at like diet and nutrition as 30 days right so it's like you just eat like this now and you get healthy then you can go back to what you were doing <laughs> right and you're like well no i'm never going back to what i was doing before because i don't ever want that to be included in my lifestyle now yeah and I like I like the point that John made, and I'd love for you to touch on this a little bit, Logan. Um, like you're looking at this as a lifestyle shift. Like mm -hmm. you took this. I mean, even your book is called "Thank You Cancer" with the fuck crossed out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, cancer, which is the standard hashtag. It's thank you, cancer, and it sounds like anytime you've been delivered this bad news, you kind of treated it as an opportunity rather than a loss. Like you said, yeah. well, you know, I can't change this diagnosis right now, but like, what are the next steps? Time's going to pass either way. Like what are the positive changes that I can do to, to make it yeah. be a positive outcome? Do you have, like, did you kind of just approach all of this like that? Or were there moments where you were just terrified? I mean, you said you had a terrible diagnosis situation with the first woman. So yeah. like, how, I, I guess the question is like, how did you kind of just train your thought patterns to always go towards the positive or was that just kind of your disposition? Yeah. I mean, like I've always had that entrepreneurial mind, you know, it's like I've all, okay. So I've never ever wanted to like get a job that I don't want. I never wanted to work for anybody. Right. And I was like, I'm going to be my own boss. But then like, now I go shot this to a lady who's going to say like, your life is going to go like this. This will happen. Okay. Nothing you can do. You can't do it. You know? So that kind of really pissed me off. I'm like, no, I like, I can do something like I'll figure it out. If you're not going to tell me, I'll figure it out. So that gave me like a, an adventure, if you will, yeah. a yeah. mission. Um, and when I saw all these other puzzle pieces coming together, you know, keto diet, like, you know, okay, now fasting, 
Um, and then again, like meditation, it's like, I didn't do that right away. Right. You know, I was still getting stressed every day, just life. Right. But then now that I've done meditation for so long now, it has helped a ton. So now it's another puzzle piece put together yeah. of a mission that I'm on to not prove the doctor wrong, but just to achieve the impossible. So it doesn't happen again, you know? Um, cause I just saw that like, you know, that one doctor is not, I mean, they're not like the God or whatever that's going to control my life. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it's my life and I'll figure out what I can do, yeah. you know? So if anything is like, thank you for doubting me. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one, one reason why I call it that, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, that was funny. We had a, we had a good friend on for a podcast last week and he, uh, they have an event like that's a yearly event. It's a big deal. And it's Keith from paleo effects. Yeah. You can say his name. Okay. Logan knows him. Yeah, right. Well, Keith was here. Right. And, uh, it was funny because the whole time he was talking, he was like, thanks to the pandemic, I'm able to do this now. And it's interesting because he oh, holds yeah. this yearly event and you know it got squashed because of this event, yeah. right? But yeah, he didn't see it that way. He's like, no, I, he's a, he loves to work out. So he's like, I can't lift weights. But because of that, I've gotten to focus on my body weights and my exercises at home. And yeah. so he looks at it as an opportunity to grow and in a different way. And it's funny because – too often and not, we're focused on the idea of this issue we have at hand and we don't know the, the, the way to solve it. Yeah. And in business, in life, in anything, you're going to encounter things that you just don't know the answer to. And it's fine if you don't know it right away. So I've taken thousands of multiple choice tests throughout my <laughs> lifetime. Thousands, right? I know how to take tests. That doesn't mean I know the answers. Yeah. I know how to take tests, right? That's a whole different yeah. approach. But when you look at it and you say, okay, well, here's a question that I don't know the answer to right away. It took me like 10 years to understand that if I didn't know the answer right away, I'll come back to it later. Mm. Last year in practice, and I say practice when practice together with me and Baldo, in business, there was a problem and I couldn't figure it out. And it was frustrating me, like to non-belief, like to the point where I was like, I feel helpless. I feel like I can't, like I can't, I'm not good. Like mm. I'm just not a good like business owner at this point, right? And Baldo saw me frustrated. And he comes over to me and he gives me this book and he flips open the pages and he points to this quote and it says, the answer is there. Mm. And I look up at him and I say, thanks. <laughs> like that That's really, that really <laughs> helped. Right. Like, thank you. And he walks away. <laughs> and so then I'm like, son of a bitch. Like I, I still got this problem on my hand and I'm like, whatever. So then I, I stopped thinking about it because yeah. basically the rest of the paragraph was, no one's ever come up with the answer if they focused on it the entire time. They have to break away, get mm. their brain a chance to, to rest, and then they'll come back and the answer will be there. That's how uh, the that's how the paragraph answered, like ended, yeah. right? So the process of getting to that point, I was blindsided because all I saw was I was looking for an answer. And he was like, well, the answer's there. Well, show me the answer, yeah. right? No, I can't show you the answer. You have to go through the process to get to the solution. Yeah. And if that means walking away, taking a vacation, maybe doing a handstand or focusing on guitar for 20 minutes, yeah. you come back to it. All of a sudden it's like, you know what? I got an idea. If you have that mentality that you can apply towards anything, you apply it towards your situation. And you said, look, I was told I might die, but I don't believe that because if you give me a 1% chance, that's all I need. Yeah. Tell me 1% yeah. chance that I, and that's it. Just give me a yeah. chance. Right. And I'll figure out. And so working with him in business has been mind-blowing yeah because when you work alongside someone who motivates you in that sense where there's never no or the wrong answer that's out there it's just we haven't found it yet it opens up your world to a whole nother dimension yeah and i i love your vision for life because you can you've never said one negative thing in a sense of saying like well that just sucks for me why me i'm so young it just happens truth is cancer like that you really can't explain it sometimes because it, yeah. they do just happen yeah but you were like it doesn't I'm through with looking for the reason I need a solution. There's a lot of people who, when it comes to health, they're looking for the reason. And it's yeah. like, you got to stop that. It doesn't matter. This is what happened. Yeah. Like, you know, it's funny you said that I, uh, I have a similar situation. I was like, again, I felt hopeless. I was like, there's something, there's something, there's something. And it was actually after I found the ketogenic diet and new, new ways of doing this. And, uh, I was on Instagram one day and I saw this this uh, this post about um, this women's basketball team who made it to the Final Four, and they showed that their likelihood of getting there was below like a 0.5% chance 
like they shot out all their statistics of like, you know, their losses, their team, who the women were, like their size, like every like statistic they could possibly shoot out. There was like literally no way that they could ever do this. And they did it. And it was a less than a 1% chance. And I'm like, okay, like if they can actually do that and get there at a 0.5% chance, anything's possible. So I feel I like I got that. double that chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I saved that, that, that little picture and it's been in my phone, you know, ever since. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's, awesome. that's so awesome. I think, I think, uh, I think this is a I good time. I think that's a good right wrapping there. spot. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I, I do have uh, one last question. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I love avocados. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, I, every day. How, how many avocados do you eat? Dude, I, so it's been four years straight. I've had an avocado every single day of my life for four <laughs> years straight. Awesome. Every <laughs> single day. I wear my avocado socks. I knew you, you'd probably love avocados. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have three of them sitting over there right really? now. I'm just telling you, I can put Himalayan salt on them. It's oh, perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Eat them straight up. Well, I used to just peel them if I didn't have a like, like a like a spoon so i would just yeah, yeah it's kind <laughs> Eat of it raw yeah it's avocados it's yeah. like the best food ever so yeah. um so logan where would people be able to find you yeah tell us about your book yeah, like yeah. how can they get this book yeah it's uh if you just look up uh either logan sneed on amazon or thank you cancer on amazon that's where it's at and then you know you can find more stuff about me at logansneed.com awesome. awesome and we'll tag you in the show notes cool awesome thank, thank you all so much so-